Welcome to Hot Copy Radio Theater. You are about to hear a cast of very talented voice performers recreate a long-lost episode of Hot Copy, an exciting audio drama about the wild adventures of a young woman newspaper reporter, which was broadcast on the NBC radio network between 1941 and 1944. This recreation is adapted from the original script. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. It's time for Hot Copy. The absorbing story of a nationally known newspaper woman, a clever, smart, attractive girl, Anne Rogers. She covers many events which other less courageous reporters would be afraid to touch. Hence the name of her material, in the language of her fellow newspaper writers, Hot Copy. Now, Today's new and exciting episode, The Blue Star of Brazil, adapted from the original script, as broadcast on radio March 19, 1944. Good morning, Miss Gray. Haven't seen you down here for quite some time. No, I've been very busy. Now, let's see. Your safety deposit box number is 742, isn't it? That's right. Say, the missus and I saw your new show the other night. Oh, you did? Yep, the best show we've seen on Broadway in a long time. And that, <laughs> that second act... <laughs> <laughs> you had my wife in stitches. Really? <laughs> so glad you liked it. Too bad the way some of them critics are panning it. Oh, well, but we don't mind a few bad reviews. Now, do you want your vault box over here on the table? Yes, if you please. Here you are. Please take all the time you need. Then just let me know that you want me to put the box away for you. I'll be right outside. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, good Lord. My jewel box is missing. It, it must be... Mr. Thompson! My jewel box is missing! What's that? Your jewel box? I've been robbed! My blue star is gone! A diamond that's worth more than $100,000! Yes, sir. Miss Gray often came in to put things in her safety deposit box, sometimes, sometimes twice a week. Do you ever recall having seen her come in here with a huge diamond? No, sir, but I have seen her with a big jewel box. Were you always here when Miss Gray made her visits? I think so, Inspector. I, I've only been off a couple of days in the last five years. And Miss Gray couldn't open her vault box unless you or your assistant was present? That's right. You see, it takes two keys to open a safety deposit box. 
The customer has one and we have the other. I couldn't get into that box unless I had both keys. Nobody could. But, Mr. Thompson, doesn't the bank have duplicate keys? No, sir. We do not. This was an inside job. Nobody in this bank could rob a safety deposit box unless they had one of our client's keys. The vault is locked with a time lock. We have burglar-proof alarms. It beats me how anybody could have taken a jewel box out of there. You're familiar with the top diamond in this collection, aren't you, Mr. Marshall? Absolutely. The Blue Star of Brazil was in the possession of our family for about 14 years. It was discovered by Sir Nicholas Andrews in 1832 while on an expedition along the Amazon. It was cut and reduced to approximately 50 carats as a brilliant. My father bought it from Brussels, and I became heir to it six years ago. And then it came into the possession of Miss Gray through... A divorce settlement? Inspector, I don't want that rotten story rehashed again in the newspapers. Don't worry about that. Miss Rogers here will see that the case gets the right kind of publicity. Miss Rogers? Not Miss Ann Rogers. That's right. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Miss Rogers. I didn't realize that you were the newspaper columnist when Inspector Collins introduced you. That's quite understandable, Mr. Marshall. But don't worry about my second-glance column. I don't go in for muckraking. My column will only be devoted to the circumstances surrounding the disappearance of this amazing diamond. It will not reflect on you or your company. Thank you, Miss Rogers. And Inspector? Yes? I am posting a $10,000 reward for information leading to the capture of the person or persons guilty of this theft. That may help crack the case for us. But now, one more thing. Yes? I want to bring Miss Gray here, perhaps between you. Inspector Collins, I have not seen Miss Gray since our divorce. I have no desire to see her now. Even under these circumstances? Particularly under these circumstances. But, Mr. Marshall, if you will forgive me... Yes, of course, Miss Rogers. You and Miss Gray know more about the Blue Star of Brazil than anyone else, and even though it now belongs to her, I think it is in your interest to... <laughs> Miss Rogers, I'm afraid you don't know Sheila Gray. No, but I've seen her on stage. Playing one of her light-hearted, high-strung, sophisticated roles, no doubt? Why, yes. <sighs> I don't want what I'm about to say to go beyond this room. However, it is my private opinion that Sheila Gray is staging a very profitable publicity stunt. Personally, I'm convinced that the Blue Star of Brazil is still in her possession. Have you got the slightest shred of evidence to back up that charge? No, nothing but circumstantial evidence. Her show was a miserable flop. She and that Godfrey, that so-called manager of hers, are desperately in need of publicity. Of course, the diamond is heavily insured. She stands to lose nothing. 
And in the meantime, she is dragging my name and the good name of my company into her nefarious scheme. We'll investigate that angle very carefully. And if it's true... Who would dare steal a diamond worth a hundred thousand dollars? The stone is known to experts all over the world. It would be like... like trying to steal a rare elephant. But could the blue star be broken up into smaller diamonds? Certainly. But that wouldn't bring a fraction of its present value. This entire thing is a frame-up. Yes, yes, we're not overlooking that possibility. Well, Anne? Oh, you're going, Inspector? Yes, if you're ready. Of course. I've got a lot to do downtown. Meanwhile, try not to worry, Mr. Marshall. We'll break this case. One thing I'd like to warn you, Inspector. What's that? There have already been five deaths traceable to the Blue Star of Brazil. It has a very sinister history. Tell your men to be very careful in their investigation. To our way of thinking, the Blue Star of Brazil was not stolen with a view to offering it for sale. The thief knows that no private collector would dare to buy it. Either it will be broken into small stones, which is unlikely, or else held for ransom, which is entirely possible. Sprightly! Y yes Annie? I've made arrangements to cancel the prepared column and run this instead. Good. I'll take it downstairs. As soon as these interruptions stop... My gosh! I've never seen an office like this. We might as well be working at Grand Central Station. Hush, Sprightly. Hello? Come in. Miss Rogers? Yes, I'm Ann Rogers. I'm Sheila Gray. Why, fan my brow. Why, how do you do, Miss Gray? Please, take a seat. And this is Mr. Godfrey. Hello. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Nice to meet you as well. This is my secretary, Miss Poole. Hi there. Mr. Godfrey is my producer. Oh, really? Yes. We're also engaged. Well, that's very nice. Congratulations. I... I suppose you know why I've come here? I'm not 100% sure, but... I'll make a guess. It's got something to do with the Blue Star. Yes, I... I called Jack. That is, Mr. Marshall. But he refused to talk to me. I went down to police headquarters immediately after my show. I told the detective inspector everything that I knew about the case, and he suggested that I see you. Well, that was very thoughtful of him, Miss Gray, but I don't know that I can be of any assistance. But if I can... it's. Very difficult to explain how so large a diamond could have disappeared from my own safety deposit box. All I know is that when I when I opened the box, it, it was gone. They tell me that it's practically impossible to rob a large bank. Well, they do take such extreme precautions as to make a theft a very risky endeavor. 
But suppose someone got an impression of my key. Suppose there was someone who impersonated me. Yes, it's possible, of course. You think I've hidden it away? Well, don't you? I always think a person is innocent, unless proven guilty. I'm sorry. It's only natural that you would suspect me. Everybody else does. And I'm sure that Jack has done everything in his power to turn you against me. Don't worry. I'll keep an open mind, since there is no definite evidence pointing to anyone right now. Miss Rogers, do you know what they're saying? They're saying we did it to get free publicity for our show. That's a dastardly lie. That story is ruining us. People are saying that I'm a cheap little publicity hound. And a crook in the bargain. They're staying away in droves. Last night we were less than 200 in the house. Oh, why would anyone think I would do such a stupid, such a rotten thing? Please, Miss Rogers, believe me. My blue star has been stolen from me. I'd give every penny I have in the world to get it back. If only to prove that I'm honest. Well, there isn't much we can do, unless the thief should happen to get in touch with us. Yes, I see. Then, you haven't heard anything yet? Nothing. Not even from Jack Marshall? He hasn't heard? No. Are you acquainted with Mr. Marshall? I noticed that you referred to him as Jack, not John. Why, yes, I know him. That is, I used to know him, before he and Sheila... Before Sheila returned to the stage, and he sued for divorce. Oh, yes, I see. Miss Rogers, in spite of all the law courts in this land, my friends in the show business know that I got a raw deal when Jack was given custody of our baby boy after the divorce. The case was not exactly pretty. But we won't get into that now. I've tried to forget about it all, and I've succeeded fairly well. Sprightly, please bring Miss Gray a drink of water. Who? Oh, me? Oh, of course, right away. I'll get Miss Gray a, a drink of water. Yes, who is it? Special delivery letter for Miss Ann Rogers. Coming! No, just stay where you are, Annie. I'll get it. Hiya, Sprightly. Sign here, please. Hello, lean, green, and gruesome. So, how's my favorite secretary? The girl with everything that men dream of. In just the right amounts and in just the right places. <laughs> Want to go on a date tonight? Thanks, but, um, no thanks. Say, what are you shopping these pencils with, a lawnmower? Try the other end, cutie pie. It has the point on it. Oh, I see. Thanks so much for the tip. I guess you think my little brain is too tiny and dumb to figure that out. Now, are you completely finished with your business at this office? You signed the receipt, so that's all. Bye-bye, Cupid. Bye-bye, stupid. <laughs> so, of course, Miss Gray, I'll let you know immediately if I learn anything at all in regard to the diamond. Would you mind leaving your address and phone number before you go? 
Of course. I'll write them down for you. Pardon me for interrupting, Annie, but this is that special delivery letter for you. Just put it on my desk. No, Annie. I think you better take a look. It just seems a little strange. This address is printed in pencil on a cheap envelope. Let me see that. Oh, no, it couldn't be. Annie, maybe it's... Yes, that's what I think, too. Miss Gray, if you'll excuse me, please. Yes, certainly. We must go now, anyway. No, please. Don't go yet. This might be very important. <gasps> Miss Rogers? What is it? Annie, was I right? Is something the matter? Sprightly, call police headquarters. Tell them to find Inspector Collins, no matter where he is, and ask him to come here immediately. This is the message we've been waiting for. Do you mean? Annie, no. Is it from the thief? Yes, it's from the self-proclaimed kidnapper. He says he will negotiate only through me. And his price for returning the diamond is $25,000. We will return to our exciting episode of Hot Copy in just a minute. But first, a word from our sponsor. In the mood for some scary old-time radio shows? Well, then join me, the radio show nerd. At Terror Radio Podcast, a podcast dedicated in bringing you the best of horror and thriller old time radio broadcasts, as well as original stories. Again, Terror Radio Podcast, every Friday, available on iHeart, Spotify, other platforms, every Friday. And now, back to Hot copy. Anne Rogers has just received a letter from the Diamond Thief, setting the ransom price at $25,000, and naming Anne as the intermediary for the payment. There's Inspector Collins at the door, Annie. Yes, let him in, please, Sprightly. I sure will. Anne, is it true? Have you actually heard from the... Oh, Miss Gray, I didn't know you were here. Hello, Inspector. And over there is Mr. Godfrey, her producer. Hi. Miss Gray knows Mr. Marshall, of course. Mr. Marshall, have you met Mr. Godfrey? We've... Met. <clears throat> yes. I was at Mr. Marshall's house when your message arrived, Anne. Of course, I brought him with me. So, where is the letter? Sprightly has it on her desk. Here it is, Inspector. Hmm. We have got the diamond, but we ain't gonna crack it up unless you make us. Very crude English. Whoever wrote it must be practically illiterate. Or trying to appear so, Mr. Godfrey. Oh, yes, of course. We don't trust nobody, mostly not cops. But we will admit you as a go-between, Miss Rogers. 
bring $25,000 in unmarked bills of small denomination to the Lakeview Cemetery at 1 a.m. tonight. 1 a.m.? Oh, no. That place will be as dark as the inside of a black hat. Yes, and it's a very smart location besides. Unfenced with multiple ways of escape. Would you be willing to risk it, Miss Rogers? I'm sure we're dealing with desperate characters. Why, I'll gladly go if Inspector Collins thinks I should. Someone must go, Anne. But, Inspector, is it wise to pay off a jewel thief? We have to act quickly, and this is our only chance of trapping him. If we make no attempt to deliver the ransom money, they're very likely to skip the country and have the blue star cut into small stones. Yes, we don't dare take that chance. I'm willing to sacrifice the diamond, but I refuse to allow my professional reputation to be dragged through the mud. Inspector, why can't I deliver the money myself? Well, it might work, but they've asked for Miss Rogers, and if you go in her place, they might think it's a trick and get frightened off, especially if they recognize you. I'll handle the payoff, Inspector. Thank you so much, Miss Rogers. Well, are you in a position to put up the money? It's going to take every last penny that I have, Inspector, but I can raise it. Good. We could deliver a fake package, but I'm afraid it would put the life of Miss Rogers in jeopardy if they stopped to count the bills, which they probably will do. I wouldn't dream of having Miss Rogers take that chance. Good. Then it's settled. Inspector, will you be going to the bank with Miss Gray? Yes, of course. What are you going to do, Anne? Get ready for tonight. Ready? You mean you're going to make some sort of plan to trap the gang? As a matter of fact, Mr. Godfrey, despite what you and the inspector seem to think, I don't believe we're dealing with a gang. I think we're dealing with just one individual, possibly a woman, but probably a man, a very clever man, who thinks he has planned a perfect crime. Well, we will see. Now, Anne, I don't want you to try any fancy methods. Why, Inspector, you know I can't understand any of your sophisticated scientific gadgets. Who do you think you're kidding? Now look here, young lady. Yes, sir? You just deliver the money, get the diamond, and leave the rest to us. Hmm. It's going to be awfully dark in the cemetery at night. And that's no dream. That's a nightmare. Must I feel my way around, in the dark, groping around the tombstones? Suppose I get lost. Now that's a thought. I can't carry a flashlight, or I'll be suspected of trying to flash some kind of signal. And I think what you need is one of those small flashlights with a little bulb inside. They only give off a tiny bit of light, but enough for you to see your way around. That's exactly what I thought. Unfortunately, they're almost impossible to get because of the war. They're all being shipped to the army or somewhere else that's connected to the war effort. But listen to this. A little earlier today, I asked Sprightly if she knew anyone who had one. And it turned out that she happened to have one that she had bought before the war. And she let me borrow it. Now, Anne, just promise me you won't borrow a gun or anything like that from somebody. Not even a stiletto, Inspector? Be quiet, Sprightly. No, I won't take a gun, Inspector but I might do a little shooting if I get a chance. Wait just a minute. What do you mean by that? Sorry, I don't have time to explain. See you later, Inspector. Now, let me see. 
I think this is where I'm supposed to turn to the right. Oh, what's this? In fond memory of Abigail Gabrilovich. Hmm, that isn't on my map. Darned old owl. Wish he'd mind his own business. I guess this is the path I'm supposed to follow now. Here I am. In a cemetery. It's past the witching hour and I don't even have a broomstick. <laughs> okay. Hello? Hello? This is Ann Rogers. Is anybody around? You silly old thing. I didn't mean you. Ouch! I banged my knee on something. What is that thing, huh? A wheelbarrow? Why would anyone leave a wheelbarrow out here? Maybe it's to carry away the money I'm bringing. Maybe he thought I'd be bringing it in quarters. <laughs> What's this? Oh, an open grave? And I nearly walked right into it. Now, I know this is the place. Why doesn't he come? So you did come. Here I am. Please don't mind this. It's just a teeny little flashlight so I can see where I'm walking here in the dark. Where are you? I still don't see you. <coughs> oh, here you are. Do you think it's nice to whistle at a lady in a graveyard? Hello? What's the matter? Just say something. Uh-oh. Please, Mr. Whoever you are, that's a very ugly-looking gun. It might go off if you're not careful. Would you just point it some other way? Please, say something. Well, I brought the 25000 It's in this package, all in $10 bills, unmarked. 2500 of them. Want to count? You can even use my flashlight. <laughs> Did you bring the diamond? So, this is it? May I take a look? Here, just take my package and I'll take yours. Oh, I do wish you'd put that gun away. Mm. So this is the Blue Star of Brazil. It's absolutely beautiful. This is the first time I ever saw it. Well, do you want to count? Where are you? He's gone! to police headquarters as fast as you can.
Inspector! Inspector! Anne! Thank heaven you're safe. Oh, Annie, are you all right? Yes, I'm perfectly fine. Well, what about you, Inspector? What luck did you have? At the cemetery, you mean? No, at the zoo. Of course she means the cemetery. We picked up three suspects between midnight and one thirty. They were all within 500 feet of the cemetery, but I don't think we got the thief. I think the real thief probably had a car hidden somewhere nearby, and if he drove casually, not fast, like a man coming home from work, then no one would have suspected him, and that's how he got away. I understand. Where's Miss Gray, Mr. Marshall, and Mr. Godfrey? Miss Gray needed to leave for an appearance at a nightclub, but I'm expecting her back any minute now. Marshall decided that he'd rather pace the floor at home. And Godfrey? He was here for a long time. Then, about midnight, he said he was going outside to get some fresh air. He said he'd be back. I see. So, Anne, did you meet the payoff man? Yes. And did you get... Yes, it's here, along with the other jewels that were taken in this jewel box. Oh, good. Even better than good. I was afraid we might be double-crossed. Oh, Annie, a $100,000 diamond, the blue star of Brazil. I'm just dying to see it. Did you get a look at the man's face? He was facing me, if that's what you mean, but I couldn't see his face. So, shh, here comes somebody. Oh, Miss Rogers, it's finally over? Yes. You met the thief and gave him the money? Yes. And we have the blue star and the rest of your diamonds right here in this package. Weren't you scared that somebody would rob you on the way home? The cab driver, for instance. Yes, I was a little nervous. Oh, Godfrey! Godfrey, come in here! Miss Rogers met the man and she brought it back with her! Well, well, Miss Rogers, you are positively wonderful. Oh, Miss Rogers, I can't begin to thank you for all you've done. You don't know how much this means to us. And... It isn't the diamond so much. It's it's the fact that this clears us of all those horrible slanders. I wish we had been able to lay our hands on the payoff, man. That would completely vindicate you. Oh, he got away. Well, Miss Gray, if you'll examine the contents of this package to see that everything is in order. Oh, please do. I'm getting goose pimples all over. Just the thought of seeing the blue star of Brazil. May I hold it for just a second, Miss Gray? Oh, yes. Of course. You don't suppose it will bring me bad luck? Don't you believe all those silly superstitions, Miss Poole? I've had this stone for three years now, and... <gasps> oh, what a magnificent rock! Why, it's just out of this world. Inspector Collins? Yes? Do you know much about diamonds? I'm no expert, but... Maybe it's because I've been so upset, but it looks very peculiar... Could it be the light? It's not the light. This is not the blue star. It's a cheap imitation, worth maybe $25. Inspector Collins, I demand to know the meaning of these... these... dictatorial methods of yours. Mr. Marshall... I'm afraid I don't know what you are talking about. Why, I was dragged away from my office in the middle of a busy workday as if I were a common criminal. 
I wasn't aware that you were dragged out of your office. You sent a squad car to pick me up, didn't you? That was done simply as a matter of convenience to you. Convenience? I thought that you would welcome a free ride. You promised me that you would help in every possible way in clearing up this robbery, didn't you? Certainly, but... Well, that is why I wanted you to come here. I didn't want to waste a minute. I think you can give us some helpful information. Look here, Inspector. I want it distinctly understood that no newspaper photographers are to be permitted to take any pictures of me and that woman and her manager. My company and I have already suffered enough as a result of this ridiculous affair. The police do not consider a $100,000 jewel robbery a ridiculous affair, Mr. Marshall. Well, I don't even consider it to be a robbery. So, please forgive my impatience, Inspector. Certainly. Now, I believe you know all these people, don't you, Mr. Godfrey? Godfrey. <laughs> I understand you're backing a turkey. Inspector. How much of this do I have to take? A member of the banking fraternity tells me that you approached him for a loan to tide you over. Until your show caught on. You don't deny that, do you? My personal transactions are none of your business. Oh, but they are. They are, Mr. Godfrey. I believe the amount you wanted was $25,000, wasn't it? Wait a minute. Are you trying to insinuate that? I insinuate nothing, Godfrey. I am merely pointing out that by a strange coincidence that the ransom note was for a request of $25,000. Mr. Marshall, if you don't mind, I will ask the questions. Go right ahead, Inspector. You asked for my help. I was merely trying to give you what I know of my own knowledge and can prove. Now then, I believe you've met Miss Rogers. Of course I know Miss Rogers. Why, how absent-minded you're becoming, Inspector. Mr. Marshall and I have met on several occasions. Only once that I can recall, Miss Rogers. However, I am indebted to you for the very fair way you have treated me in your column in connection with this absurd affair. Miss Rogers believes in giving the devil his due. Hmm. Miss Gray, this is our first meeting since we parted company in court. Jack, let's not have any unpleasantness. I am through with all that. Are you? On the contrary, it seems to me that you have a remarkable talent for getting me in trouble. It isn't my fault that you are here. Godfrey. Do you know what this woman has cost me through her extravagance alone? Look here, Marshal. Mr. Marshal. All right. I'll sit down and let Inspector Collins ask the questions. I was merely trying to be helpful, Godfrey. Marshal, any more of this and you'll be put under immediate arrest. On what charge? The charge will be made known to you presently. Miss Rogers, what were you about to say? Inspector, don't you think it would be wise to search Mr. Marshall for a gun? It's quite possible he might have one. Excellent idea. Stand up, sir. Why, this is 
utterly insane. You mean it's insane to think that you might be carrying a gun? As a matter of fact, I think there is one here in this pocket, isn't there? Yes, here we are. Oh, Annie, how did you know? Just a hunch, Sprightly. That was not a concealed weapon, Inspector. The heck it wasn't. I have a license to carry a revolver. Do you want to see it, Inspector? Not now, thanks. Mr. Marshall, as a result of some evidence we just uncovered, I have investigated your financial situation. It seems that there may be a shortage in certain of your accounts. That is an outrageous lie. Never mind, you needn't admit it. We have the proof. Just what are you getting at? Just this. The blue star is in your possession. You had it stolen from Miss Gray's safety deposit box and hid it away. Inspector, I wonder if you are in your right mind. What you suggest is impossible. Why, I... When you and Miss Gray were married, it would have been a simple matter for you to obtain a duplicate key to her safe deposit box. You're simply making a wild guess, Collins. You will be given just one hour to restore the Blue Star to Miss Gray or face charges of grand larceny and extortion, carrying a minimum prison sentence of 16 years. Jack Marshall, for three years you have refused to let me see my own son. There was nothing I could do. You had the courts behind you. Now it's my turn. You are going to give Johnny to me, and I'm going to have him in my custody. <laughs> Sheila. I don't know how much you paid the inspector to engineer this frame-up, but it was a stupid idea, my dear. And a lot of you people are going to jail for trying it. Because you haven't got a shred of real evidence against me. Mr. Marshall, all we need to prove is that you took $25,000 from me last night in the cemetery. Is that all? And exactly how will you prove it? What better proof do we need than this? Where did you take this picture? I took it last night as I handed you the ransom money. It's a very good likeness of you, isn't it? Why, this whole thing is a fake. I wasn't within five miles of a cemetery last night. Mr. Marshall, do you see the inscription on that headstone? That definitely proves where you were yesterday night. How could you take a picture in the dark? Careful, Mr. Marshall. Don't admit that you knew it was pitch dark when I met you in the cemetery. Of course it was dark. So dark I couldn't see your face. But I was carrying a small flashlight, remember? It only had a tiny bulb, but it gave me enough light for a perfect shot. Stop him! He's destroying the- No, well, let Mr. Marshall destroy that print if he wants to. That one was for your personal reference, Mr. Marshall. And you... You... <laughs> No, you don't, Marshall! Come along. You can't hurt me anymore, Jack. And, Miss Gray, after the court has reviewed this case, I don't think there will be any doubt as to which parent is best qualified to raise your son. So, if I were you... Yes? I'd wait right here until I return with your diamond. And then, Miss Gray, if I were you, do you know what I'd do? What, Miss Poole? I'd go right over there to Mr. Marshall's swanky apartment and get your little boy. Mr. Marshall won't be there. He'll be... Uh, incar... 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 Oh, I hate big words. You know what I mean. He'll be 
locked up in the jug. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Hot Copy Radio Theater. We truly hope you enjoyed our recreation of The Blue Star of Brazil, the lost episode of the radio audio drama Hot Copy, originally broadcast on March 19, 1944. Our cast in this episode featured... Rhonda Sigler-Ware as Ann Rogers, Samantha Thompson as Sprightly Poole, Christian Newhouse as Inspector Collins, Aaron Summonsby as Sheila Gray, Scott Berry as Jack Marshall, Logan Smith as Godfrey, Jerry Kokich as Mr. Thompson, Jeff Richardson as The Office Messenger, Special Audio Assistance from Miss Kit Karen, and yours truly, Joe Stofko as your announcer. This episode was adapted from the original script, written by Nelson S. Bond. Hot Copy Radio Theater is produced and edited under the direction of Jim Goodluck. Now, if you like this show, please take a moment of your time and go to Apple Podcasts, also known as iTunes, then give a five-star rating and review for Hot Copy Radio Theater. Finally, if you would like to contact any of the voice actors from this episode, or if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions in regard to this show, please send an email to hotcopyradiotheater at gmail.com. You can also follow this show on Twitter as at Hot Copy Radio. In addition, we have recently begun a Facebook page where you can make comments and give feedback. We invite you to tune in again on the 10th of each month for another thrilling presentation of Hot Copy Radio Theater. <laughs>